Confessions of a Crappy Christian is powered by the Converge Podcast Network. Hey y'all, welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guichet, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Hey y'all, today's episode is with Alan Jackson, not the prolific country singer, but the pastor and author of Intentional Faith, which is exactly what we're talking about today. How to go from occasional to being really intentionally rooted in your faith and relationship with God. Alan, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you, Blake. I'm excited to have some time together. I know this is gonna be great. So to start every episode, I love to just give my guests the opportunity to introduce themselves and, and tell us a little bit about themselves and their story. All right. I am Alan Jackson. I'm a pastor from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We're really just outside of Nashville. So I'm an official hillbilly. <laughs> uh, I grew up here well, since I was a boy. My dad was a veterinarian and he came here because of the animals when we were kids. Mm. And so I grew up, I like to say, I grew up in a barn in Tennessee. Oh my gosh. And, That's awesome. Uh, I've, been, <laughs> I've been gone a few times for education and different things. I lived in Israel for a while, went to Hebrew University in Jerusalem. But I'm a pastor at heart. I've been serving the same congregation for more than three decades. So I have a particular passion to see people gain momentum in their faith. I believe God brings better outcomes to lives. Mm, I love that. And I love the heart of your new book, which we're going to get to talk about today, Intentional Faith. We talked a little bit before we started recording, and people that listen to the show regularly know that intentionality is actually one of the four quote-unquote pillars of this whole online thing. So it's perfect, perfect fit. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about your book, Intentional Faith? I can, but I want to ask a question first. What are the other yes. three pillars? Yeah, it's intentionality, discipline, boundaries, and bravery. Wow, that's yeah. a good start. Yeah, it's a good place to start. <laughs> well, intentional faith really is something that grew out of my life in the congregation. Um, so many people come to church out of a sense of obligation or duty. And I don't know that that's evil, but I know that wears thin really quickly. And I think it leads to desperation because life brings problems to everybody. And I watched people, I kind of watched the light go out of them mm -hmm. if they didn't find something meaningful. And I realized we needed a way to approach faith that wasn't random or accidental, that there are actually some choices you can make that incubate faith in your life. It, so we don't need to be, most of us don't need preached at and told mm. not what not to do. I think we've got a pretty good internal sense of that. <laughs> yeah. What we, what we don't have is a sense of how do we gain some momentum in this thing mm -hmm. and feel like we actually, you know, find something that bring, makes a difference in our lives. And so we began to try to, really, I began by observing people that seem to have meaningful lives, faith lives especially, and try to identify components in their life then that we could begin to share with other people. And the whole, the book really came out of that project. It's like a science project in the church. Yeah. It's like an experiment. And so it's, it's set up as it's a hundred days, right. Of setting intention, basically. Yes. The whole idea, you know, the, the first hundred days of a presidency, they say will set the tone for the whole mm. presidency. First hundred days of conception are the most important hundred days in your life for your health. In 100 days, you can go from being a couch potato to training and running a marathon. So it's a block enough, big enough block of time that it doesn't feel completely overwhelming, but it's a broad enough 
block of time that you could actually incubate some habits that could create some meaningful outcomes. So you're not just doing like a crash diet. I'm going to starve for three days to get into my next size of outfit. Right. It gives you kind of a, a, a roadmap to get you to a better place. Well, and I love that it's set up as a hundred days because I find that a lot of quote unquote habit setting, which I know that this isn't necessarily that, but it usually hits about the 20, 30 day mark, which is great. But I look at a hundred days and I think, okay, I'll come out of the other end of this, having really grasped this concept more than I would if I spent seven, 14 days in it. Yeah, I agree. You know, in this currency, we're like a hundred days into this COVID garbage. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and and I, it's like, we're in a new world now, you know, wherever mm-hmm. I was when I first heard about this, I'm someplace different today. Yeah. And I, I like that idea to say to God, I want to go to someplace different. Mm. You know, I, yeah. I may be the same person, but I believe your power has the ability to transform. If a virus can take us in our houses and change us, mm. surely the spirit of God can take us to a better place. Come on. That's the truth. I think that in terms of talking about being intentional in your faith, I think I was thinking about it before we started recording. I was thinking about why, what would be a, the reasoning people aren't more intentional and disciplined in their relationship with God. And I think my, my theory is that it, I think we've let our faith become more of a feeling. I, I feel this. I feel close to God. I feel like God is close to me. I think in an attempt to really separate ourselves from quote unquote legalism, but I think that there have been some really unfortunate outcomes of not being intentional in your faith. Yeah, I I agree completely. There's some very, some very unfortunate outcomes. I think it depends a little bit on how you're hardwired. You know, some people are so in their brain that they have to pay somebody to find a feeling. (laughs) And then some people have so many emotions that, you know, logic is an intrusion. True. And most of us live someplace between those extremes. Mm-hmm. But discipline is a consistent piece across that spectrum. Whether you're more emotionally predisposed or you're more rationally predisposed, you need discipline to kind of integrate those things. And I think intentionality is an expression of dis- discipline in our lives. And it's hard to be a disciple without some discipline in there. And I, right? I just a word that kind of makes that accessible. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about, you know, what, what it looks like. I look at some of the people that I, I know and encounter that you talked about there being kind of two groups that you observed and the people who don't maybe seemingly really experience the fullness of God that are less intentional maybe I find that and this this is going to come across sounding judgmental and I don't mean it at all but they're the ones that aren't consistently reading their bible and memorizing scripture and I think that the reality is that those things go together Uh, having this really thriving vibrant life and walk with God really goes hand in hand with these intentional disciplines that I think some people steer away, like you were saying, because they're more heightened to emotion or feeling or, or the opposite. Yeah, I, I agree. But let me, let me step into, I'll, I'll step into a little more candidly with you. Yeah. I think church is about too much pretense. 
Mm. I think we sit in the building and act like we've got it together because for 60 minutes, I can pretty much hold it together between the two ditches. Mm -hmm. But there's something in me that's desperate. And life is not neat or clean or logical or orderly. It's a mess most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I don't think in church world, and I'm a professional Christian, I don't think we're really <laughs> great at getting down to the honesty of that. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in church in ministry at 23 and found myself divorced. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really have, um, there weren't any places to turn. Mm-hmm. And most of that was prior to that. I was a self-righteous, smug, condescending you know, I thought if you did the right things, good things would happen to you. And if bad things happened to you, you must have done something wrong. Mm-hmm. And then my life blew apart and I realized I had been messed up. And I, I had to find a faith that was legitimate, mm-hmm. that I could begin to rebuild something from the bedrock on. And I promised God that, that if he would help me maintain my sanity, that I would help broken people. Mm. And from that day until now, I, a church is a place where we can show up with all the things we're not and say to God, I'm not about sloppy faith. If you're sloppy, mm-hmm. go sit someplace else. Time's mm-hmm. too short. Mm-hmm. But if you are serious about grappling with the brokenness in yourself, God will help you. Mm-hmm. And I love watching that. I have, I have seen it in dozens and dozens and dozens of lives, inc- including my own. And now it's an adventure. I love the adventure of saying, God, I, I'm not done. I want to keep growing. I want to mm-hmm. know you better. I'm still working through my stuff. So yes, we can talk about discipline and we can do the word studies, but the reality is life's hard and people struggle and we got to be honest enough to say, let's stop the pretending Mm -hmm. and let's get down to the work of getting to know the creator of heaven and earth. Amen. I love that that distinction between, it's like a distinction between messy and sloppy or, or hard and sloppy and I think sometimes people let the two bleed together in their self-righteousness. And the reality is, is that you know, we talk about this a lot on this show and you're, you're diving right into basically the heart of what this podcast is about, which is, I mean, the official tagline is talking about the things the church won't talk about. <laughs> That's why crappy Christian is the title. And that Jesus never promised us that everything was going to be really neat and nice and perfectly packaged. That was, that's not, that was never part of the deal. No, I'm but, in Nashville. He never promised us a rose garden. Right. Exactly. Exactly. But he did promise that he would walk through it with us. <laughs> and that, that, that's the reality. And that, that knowing him and leaning into knowing him better allows you to really experience the fullness of that when that's not just the reality. The That's the awesome part of this thing. Right. We don't have to go it alone. We got to mm-hmm. help. And it doesn't mean it's always easy or I always know the right answer, but I, I've got a friend that I can rely on. When I need wisdom, I can ask. When I'm weary, I can tell him the truth and he'll give me strength. When I'm discouraged, I can focus on what he said to me that gives me something else to look at that brings me hope. And that is such a powerful, powerful deal. Mm-hmm. that all of a sudden now it's not about church and religion and faith and rules. It's about, I found a way to negotiate this thinking journey we're on that <laughs> makes meaning to it. Right. And that's awesome. It is. It's incredible. And it's, it's kind of, I've found, so I became a believer a little bit later in my life. And I look back at all the crap I walked through before. And then the, the hard things that I've walked through after 
And the things that I've walked through after have been way harder than the things that I walked through in my, in my, you know, late teens, early twenties. But I'm like, oh, it was worth it. It was, it was worth it. And, and it wasn't, it wasn't as bad as, as the other stuff that I tried to go at alone. I got an, I, I've got a suggestion uh-huh. that's going to escalate. Mm-hmm. Is once once you stand up and say I'm going to make a difference for the kingdom of God, I'm going to give God my best. Oh, <laughs> don't you yeah. don't you suspect you're going to attract a little more resistance? Oh, I, that's been the you and I talked. A, we talked a little bit before we started recording about when did I start the show and all of that kind of stuff. And that's absolutely the second I started to kind of become confident in my in my voice and people started to listen. Yes, absolutely. That that was when it when it ramped up. But one of my favorite kind of colloquialisms is uh, "thieves don't rob empty houses." Yes, um, you know, and and when when it hits the fan and things get really hard and you want to sit down and shut up and it's it's easier to just quit. That's when you're you're probably hitting your stride. <laughs> That's, I, I think you're right on. I got a friend that uh, I got to know him really before he was a Christ follower, but he's an orthopedic surgeon. And he decided he was going to start praying pre-op with his patients. Mm-hmm. And he came and found me when he said, you know, to tell you the truth, I started praying and things just went to hell. <laughs> yeah. And he said, but I, I persevered and it really has made it. Now, if I forget, he said that the crew reminds me we didn't pray before oh, we start. That's awesome. And I that's think that's amazing. true in all of our lives. There's, you know, this, it's, this is, the stakes in this are high mm-hmm. and we we've treated God with such a casual note as if he really doesn't make a difference. You know, we pick churches based on architecture or mm. the style of the music. And if this right. really is about eternity and heaven and hell and rewards for ages to come, it, 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 it deserves our best effort. It's mm-hmm. not an intrusion. It's a privilege. Absolutely. Well, and I think we've also really done the enemy a disservice as well and don't, um, not maybe not a disservice, but I think growing up, I so I actually grew up in a Christian home, but didn't I really didn't want much to do with it until I was older and figured it out for myself. But I, I didn't grow up hearing much about Satan, right? About like having an enemy, and I think it was in an attempt to not be spooky or you know like. I don't know, maybe dramatic, but now I'm like, oh, we're we're not talking about this enough because he's the worst and he is totally out to get us. And the reality, I mean, we have so much more power and and he doesn't he doesn't have that power in our lives, but he sure as heck is gonna try. Yeah, I think for most of us in Western Christianity, the devil's inconvenient. Mm-hmm. But I, I think beyond that, I think spiritual things in general we're uncomfortable with. Now, I find that I, my, my academic background started in the sciences and we, we completely believe a virus is a legitimate reason to close our businesses, our churches and go hide in our houses. Mm-hmm. And we can't see one, but mm-hmm. we're reluctant to believe that almighty God's the creator of heaven and earth and he deserves a response from us. Mm. So is, is, yeah, I'll, I'll acknowledge the existence of devil and his kingdom and, and all that goes with that, but I'm far more interested in how to cooperate with the spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And let all the good things that that means to me be a part of how I view reality. You know, in May, a couple things happened in our nation that I think are of biblical importance. The president of the United States made a declaration for anybody that wanted to hear it, that churches were essential. Mm-hmm. He said the doors have to be open. Well, he's the most powerful political leader in the world. Mm-hmm. And he said to the whole world, churches are essential. 
and on a similar track, a little different, Israel is um, preparing to make the West Bank of the Jordan River a part of Israel mm -hmm. proper with the backing of the United States. Both of those events are of biblical significance. Mm -hmm. It's not surprising to me that we've got chaos and turmoil in our streets. When there's two declarations of that magnitude with the spiritual significance that they represent, I would fully anticipate there being confusion and chaos and hatred that comes after that. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're, yeah. you're, you're running right up the alley that we talk about a lot here that you have to open your eyes. You have to know what's going on around you because I think you I said the other weird. No, know, no. Cars out of gas. You don't need to pray for guidance. You need a gas station. <laughs> right. Uh, yes. You don't, you don't have to be strange or weird or goofy. You can use real words and act like a real person. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, you want to pay attention to what's happening in our world because there's a spiritual component of it. And if you ignore it, it it's, you're, it's like trying to drive your car by the sense of smell. You can drive <laughs> for a little while, but it's not going to work out well. You're listening to the Converge Podcast Network. And now a message from a network supporter. Today is nonstop. And suddenly your checking account is overdrawn. But what if we gave you more time on that one? At Huntington, if you accidentally overdraw your account by $50 or less, we've put a $50 safety zone in place, so you won't be charged an overdraft fee. It's one more way we're looking out for you. So you can have time for what matters most. Huntington, welcome. $50 safety zone does not apply to returned items. Your account will be automatically closed if it remains negative for 60 days. Learn more at Huntington.com slash safety zone. Okay, so recently on my Instagram, we've been talking about cycles and fertility and periods and all that good stuff. Well, what if I told you you could get a ton of fertility insight without having to go to the doctor and have blood drawn and et cetera, et cetera. Modern fertility is an easy and affordable way to test your fertility and hormones at home with a simple finger prick. You mail it in and you get your results within 10 days. So this kind of testing can cost upwards of $1,000 at the doctor, but modern fertility only costs $159. Oh, and right now, if you go to modernfertility.com slash crappy, you can get $20 off of your test. You'll get insight into how many eggs you have, your hormone levels, and any reproductive red flags. And you can talk one-on-one -on -one with a fertility nurse to review your results. So instead of spending thousands of dollars or just not knowing, go to modernfertility.com slash crappy to learn about your personal fertility for only $139. A pastor once say be different but not weird amen i love that and we've kind of that's kind of become like a family motto on accident is that be different you, you know you want to be the kind of person that the people that you're encountering know that you have something that they maybe don't or that they would want but like don't be a weirdo like you said like don't pray over your car for gas go get gas please <laughs> The most intensely spiritual, faith-filled people I have known have been the most practical. Yes. The ones that use the weird language, I think they're the biggest pretenders. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. So talking about your book just a little bit, we don't want to give it away because we want people to buy the book, but Absolutely. I wanted to write <laughs> buy the book, but we wanted to talk about your favorite of the intentions that are set during the 100 days people are going to spend in this book. Yeah, there's 10 statements of intent. 
and they're really presented not as a, something you can do a la carte. They're intended to go together mm-hmm. because together, I think they give you momentum along a pathway that really is transformational. But out of the 10, one of them I think that has been most meaningful to me is the intent to finish well. And when you first hear it, I think we all think it's about the end of life. Mm-hmm. Your, your hair is gray and your strength is gone. And your brain's a little fuzzy. But that, that's really not the objective at all. Our, our life is comprised of segments. And every one of those segments, you want to do the very best you know how for God. Mm-hmm. Because if you do that, you start to stack momentum that becomes truly remarkable. And rather than, it's, it's so tempting to wish your life away. You know, when you're, you're single, you, you think you're not going to be fulfilled until you're married. And when you're married, you're not going to be fulfilled until you have kids. And when you have kids, you're not going to be fulfilled until they leave. And it's, it's really easy to always think there's going to be another season. And I, I love the idea that if I'm a teenager, you only get one chance to be a teenager and honor the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm in mm-hmm. college, you only get one chance to be a college student and stand up for Jesus. Whatever mm-hmm. segment of life you're in, go give it your best. Stop imagining there's some point down the road where it's going to be easier because it's a lie. The next segment, if you skip Jesus in this segment, the next segment's going to be harder. Mm-hmm. But if you'll start to lean into it in this segment, the next segment will be richer and and more rewarding and more satisfying. The saddest people I know are the ones that keep pushing it down the road and and they've spent their days and they come to faith and they live with so much regret. Mm -hmm. I know God knows how to bring healing to us, but but I love saying to people, let's go honor the Lord from today forward. Mm -hmm. Jesus is not an intrusion. He, is, he will enrich your life no matter what season you're in. This notion that ungodliness is more fulfilling than mm-hmm. honoring Jesus is mm-hmm. a lie from the pit. Mm-hmm. If it's not, then let's go be really ungodly. I mean, that's biblical. Jesus, if you want to be wicked, go get and be really wicked. Right. If you're going to be righteous. Let's go be really righteous. Mm-hmm. It, it's time to stop trying to figure out where this broad middle is. You know, I, we ask these questions, how far is too far? Mm-hmm. How much is too much? You know, how much time do I have to give? How much money do I have to give? And if you're asking those questions, you're stuck in a bad space. Yeah, you're missing it. You know, and, and I, I'm not throwing, I'm not blaming anybody. I'm saying there's a better way to know the Lord so that the answer is, I want to get all in. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm not looking for the, the only, in Tennessee, the only thing that stays in the middle of the road long term is roadkill. <laughs> right, exactly. Now, I don't want to be middle of the road. I want to find the edge, build the ramp, back up and hit the ramp full speed. Amen. I love that. And I love that idea of momentum. And like, if I'm leaning into this segment of my life, it's going to propel me forward into the next one and then the next one and then the next one. And, and I can remember being early in my faith and thinking when I get to this point in my life, then I'll really be this idealized woman of God that I've created in my head. And kind of had to come to this realization of exactly what you're talking about that. Well, no, I can, I can be her now. I can honor God with my life and use my gifts and have a, a rich relationship with the Lord now and lean into that. And like, exactly as you said, it's, it's really kind of catapulted me into where I am today. And I think that there are a lot of people who, who grapple with exactly what you're saying of, well, when, well, when, and X, Y, Z. Yeah, I agree. You know, I, and I think if you've met that idealized person of faith you're thinking about, you probably wouldn't like them. <laughs> yeah. Because you know, there's an authenticity to faith. Mm-hmm. It isn't about pretense. It, it's, you know, we're Christ followers, warts and all. Right. 
and Jesus, the grace of God is, is what is enabled us to have the momentum on this journey. It's not my intellect or my mm -hmm. sterling character or my tenacity. It, 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 I am, I, I use the expression, I learned it from a friend, I'm a turtle on a fence post. <laughs> when you look at my life and my story, you say somebody had to help him. <laughs> and I'm way good with that. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I don't, I mean, isn't that kind of the, like the goal? to be at a point where even you are looking around saying, oh yeah, no, this is all God. <laughs> the only way I got yes. here is, is God put me here. And the crazy part is he'll put you someplace too. Right. You know, why don't you come join me on the journey and let's see what he's going to do with your life. Right. And yeah, you'll have to give up some of your stuff, mm -hmm. but you're going to pick up the whole God momentum and that's right. a better deal. Oh, absolutely. One of the things we say a lot in this space is that this is all going to burn anyway which we're we're seeing a little bit too realistically right now but uh this is all gonna burn and so you know nobody's gonna care how many followers you had on instagram and nobody's gonna care nobody's gonna care how nice your house it was and and even maybe not even in the scope of of eternity which absolutely applies as well but one of the things that i had to come to realize is man i really hope that no one stands up at my funeral and talks about how thin I was or how, you know, how well I did on the internet or, you know, you like I hope have to say it. You want all the pictures there being the evidence of it. Hey, so that's there you better. go. That's way better. <laughs> but, but I do want, you know, it, I want them to talk about that. I, they experienced Jesus when they spent time with me and that I encouraged them and cheered them on and that I was authentic and, and all this stuff that people are so worried about. I mean, it really, grand scheme, we don't get well, to take easy, it with us. For, it's easy for all of us, no matter what season of life we are in, to get get a little over-invested in temporary mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. And I like the language that's in the New Testament where it talks about us being aliens and strangers or pilgrims. You know, I've had the privilege of traveling a bit and a lot of times to developing places in the world or underdeveloped places or whatever the current label is. And I love to go and meet the people and, I, you know, I'm good in a bamboo hut or with the dirt floor and, but I've never been tempted to immigrate. Mm. You know, I, I've held currency that's been lots of different colors and I've eaten lots of strange foods and I've learned phrases of a lot of languages so I can get by on the street. But I've, I've always been grateful for my, that blue U.S. passport <sighs> that I knew eventually I was going to get on a plane and land in a place that had air conditioning and, you know, some of the conveniences that I imagine to be a part of home. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm trying to live with this awareness that I'm on a temporary assignment here. Mm -hmm. And you're, you're right. The, the size of the, the house I'm living in today, it's, it's important. I have some value attached to that, but I'm right. working for something far bigger than that. Exactly. I'm working on a really big house <laughs> and it's one that I'm going to be in for a really long time. I'm not yeah. doing this with an altruistic motive. I'm serving the Lord because I believe it's the best way to make my journey through time. Mm -hmm. If I thought wicked was better, I'd be the most wicked person, you know. Yeah. But honoring Jesus has brought meaningful things to me. Mm -hmm. And the more I've trusted to him, the more I've wanted to entrust to him. And I love helping people. That's where the book came from. We built a little uh, video. It's like a video journal that goes along with it. We called it a hundred days of faith. And 
you know, I'll, basically I just start the day with you every day and take two or three minutes mm -hmm. and talk about those 10 points. So you're not doing it by yourself because it's easier to work out with a friend or it's easy to make a journey if you make the commitment to somebody else. And, yeah. And we just talk about how we're going to live this out. We even some days like, look, I'm tired of this. <laughs> talk to the church. I say, you know, some days I wish I could have a get out of jail free card. <laughs> like when you're playing Monopoly, you know, and you get one of those little cards. Yeah. Like if I'm in the grocery store and, you know, you're in the express line, it says 12 items or less. And the person in front of you has got 30 items and you're in a hurry. Mm -hmm. I want to hand them my card and then take my celery stock and beat them about the head and shoulders. <laughs> Sorry, I've got to get out of jail free card today. I don't have to be Christian. Or if somebody cuts you off in traffic, you can just ram them with your car and stand and hand them your card. Yeah. For sure. But, but we got to make the journey with people. We're not going to mm -hmm. do it in a vacuum or in our brain or just in our emotions. We are the, it's, it's a body of Christ thing. We're doing this in community. And that, that's what this COVID season to me has brought so much to the forefront, that we truly are a community of faith. You can lock our buildings, and that won't debilitate the church. But if you can keep us separate, you can limit our effectiveness. Amen. We need one another, as awkward as that is. Mm -mm. So God's teaching yeah. us some great lessons. I'm excited about what's coming next. I think we're going to see a season of fruitfulness for the kingdom of God that exceeds anything we've seen in our lifetime. Uh, that's how I've been praying since about week three, when I hit that COVID wall and was like, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Little did I know how much longer I'd be doing it for. Um, no, that was just when you ran out of toilet paper and you were getting panicky. No, we never ran out of toilet paper because that was like such a false flag that we were going to all, nobody was going to be able to find toilet paper. No, it was more, you know, working my full-time job with two kids under five. I was like, this is, I can't, but that genuinely I started praying. Okay. This is hard. This is not great. This is not ideal. I'm believing that you are going to use this in really huge, evident, show-off ways. Absolutely. <laughs> I, well, I think it was about there we realized God was in the midst of it. Mm, that's very true. Yeah, you know, well, because I think it was just some, frightening. Right, and it didn't feel real. It was just kind of, what? I have to stay home? This is what? You know, and yeah, about week three or four, it started to sink in that this was something more and... And it's funny, I've had a lot of conversations with people who either at week three or week six had really clear, some real, really clear understanding of, oh, this is, this is big, that in a spiritual, biblical sense. So, yeah. Well, somewhere in there, I think we all began to awaken a little bit to the fact that God was moving in some extraordinary ways and we're mm -hmm. like witnesses. Right. He invited us to the dance. Yeah. And now all of a sudden there was a significance to what we were doing that began to change in scope and magnitude. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. I completely agree. Uh, so the, the last question that we ask on the show is if you, if you got to take a megaphone to the universe and everyone would hear and to some degree understand your statement about your book and your heart for for growing believers what would that megaphone statement be hmm. <sighs> I'm, I'm really pretty simple you know there is a god and he, he can be known and jesus jesus has made it possible for you to have peace with him hmm. you don't have to earn it you we don't deserve it but there is a way that you can have peace with the creator of heaven and earth and that may, that's that's just crazy 
it's not about church and religion and rules and dress codes and beverage lists. It's about a person and his name is Jesus of Nazareth. Amen. And if you've never known him in that transformational way, just say, Jesus, I'd like to know who you are. Mm. And you'll be amazed at what happens next. Come on. That's so good. I mean, I think that that's, I mean, that's really, that's it, right? That's what we want everybody to that, that's it. hear and understand. Um, Alan, thank you so much for taking the time to share your heart and your wisdom with us. This was such a, this was such a great conversation. I enjoyed it thoroughly. Well, thank um, you, Blake. Tell people where they can find you, follow you, get a copy of your book when it comes out, all of those things. Well, the book you can find about any place they sell books. I'm so clever and creative. We launched the book in the middle of a Corona crisis. You know. <laughs> but Amazon's always there and they deliver. We've all learned to depend on them. AllenJackson.com and that's A-L-L-E-N. And you can get the 100 Days of Faith. It's free. I'll make the journey with you for 100 days and we'll celebrate the victories along the way. And there's a lot of other resources out there you can listen to. Yeah. Most of all, get your Bible out. Mm-hmm and start to say, Jesus, I want to get to know you and just watch what he does. I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you. God bless you. Hey, what's up, guys? My name is Rashawn Copeland. I'm a proud member of the Converge Podcast Network. And number two, I just released a brand new book. I'm so delighted and excited to share with you a little bit about it. It's called Start Where You Are, How God Meets You in Your Mess, How He Loves You Through It, and How He Leads You Out of It. So don't worry how deep your mess is today. God's best is right here, right now, ready for you, right where you are. Startwhereyouarebook.com or order any anywhere books are sold. Let's go. All right, that's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right, see you next week. This show is part of the Converge Podcast Network. The, you kind of like this guy, but when you can't decide between the filet fish or the Big Mac, and he says... I'll get you both. Thank you. You definitely <laughs> yeah, like this guy meal. Get it at McDonald's when you get two of your faves for just six bucks. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. Single item at regular price. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style. All for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.